Welcome to episode 46 of Real Travels. I'm your host, Lisa Iannucci, and I'm also your film and TV travel guide. If you got a late start with traveling, that's okay. So did today's guest, who talks about how many states and countries she and her husband have since traveled to, and they're over 50 and don't have any plan on stopping anytime soon. Hi, everyone. The long-awaited and often talked about closing on my house is finally over. And ever since then, I've been doing a lot of napping. It's the one part of downsizing, selling your home, packing, moving, unpacking, that nobody tells you about. When it's all said and done, the contracts have been signed, sealed, and delivered. If you're anything like me, your body and your mind crash, and you need time to recover. That's what this this week has been like for me. So I'm rejuvenating, recharging, and resting. I have writing to do, but I'm finally working on other projects too. I've waited a long time to get to this point in my life. And even though I've done bits and pieces of projects and traveling throughout my life, this is the first time my full dedication to what I want to do is here. And it both excites me and terrifies me. I think that might be a good description of how you're feeling if you haven't traveled yet or if you haven't done as much traveling as you wanted to. And the time in your life has come for you to finally get on the road, but it's not something you're used to. I call myself the virgin traveler. It's because traveling has always been something I've wanted to do, but as I said before, life got in the way. I was a widow, so I had three kids to raise. We did some traveling. We went to Ben & Jerry's in Vermont, Disney a few times, and some other smaller trips. But I never traveled with the kids the way I really wished I had. I went through cancer twice. And as a freelance writer, money was always, uh, let's just say, sometimes it was really tight. And of course, now we're going through a pandemic. There's always something stopping us, right? So maybe now you're a little older, a little wiser, a little grayer. Maybe your bones creak a little more and you tire more easily. Maybe you don't have all the energy in the world to sightsee, or maybe you do, but you don't have all the money you need or the time, or you just don't even know where to start even if you were to take a trip. I get it. You feel like you're starting over. You, for lack of a better term, feel like a virgin traveler. I get that too. I know many of you feel the way I did when I started getting back on the road, excited and scared, unsure and uncertain, but confident that once you get on the road or in the air, you would be okay. I get it. If you feel this way, please do two things. One, go to my site, thevirgintraveler.com, and sign up for my upcoming newsletter. You'll learn a lot because it will be filled with articles and resources and tips. Second, listen to this week's interview with Samantha Tacky of the Golden Age Traveling blog. It's about her family and travels through the U.S., Canada, the Caribbean, Europe, and Mexico. She and her husband, Jean, joined the 55-plus club last year. Samantha gives a lot of great tips in this interview, and I'm sure she'll inspire you to start putting your dream trip together. Enjoy the interview, and I'll see you on the other side. Hey, Samantha, welcome to Real Travels. How are you? 
I'm great. Thank you, Ravi. So thank you for having me on your show. Not a problem. I'm really excited about this because, you know, when when I started doing both the Virgin Traveler and Real Travels, I had this idea in mind of, you know, the kind of articles I was going to do and the kind of podcast episodes I was going to do. And you kind of hit both areas here. So I'm excited to talk to you. Oh, good. Well, let me ask you, you are, um, you're, you've been, according to your website, I don't know if it's updated, to 42 states and 10 countries, correct? Correct. Okay. So where, take me back, and where did all of this start? Because you're called the Golden Age Traveling, um, you know, site, but did you start later in life, or did you get the bug early? Tell me a little bit about that. Um, I've always had the desire to travel and see more and do more. I just never had anyone to do it with or the the money. And then when my husband and I got married late in our, well, I guess mid-30s, we started to try to tra- uh, focus on travel more. And by the time we were in our 40s, it was a passion. And we've been just going, going, going as much as we can. And when we both hit our 50s, we were, I'm like, I think we, I wanted to do, I wanted to do a blog, or, you know, a blog post, and I thought, I think I'm going to gear toward the 50 and older because we're in that range, and to be able to help them instead of writing something that a younger group might, because we're going to be, you know, we're not going to associate with them as much as we would, but with older groups, wanting to do more, not as interest activity, I should say. We still like to do those, but a lot of people don't. So I wanted to gear it a little bit more toward that. Now, what I love is that you said you gave the reasons why you didn't get the start early on, you know, whether it be money or you didn't have anybody to go with. How did you, obviously you found the person to go with, but how did you overcome, you know, the financial side of it? Because that's a huge, and I know that's personal, you don't have to give out too much information on that, but I'm just trying to get an idea so that people understand there are ways to get out and travel. So how did you overcome those obstacles? Because everybody says, oh, I just can't do this. It was a passion of mine. So I just started saving, even if it was 20 bucks, 50 bucks here and there, um, paid off our credit card bills as much as we could, and that helped a lot because we didn't have to worry about those. But I, even when we were paying all these other bills, I always sucked away a little bit every month. Because I knew I wanted to travel, and even if it was only two times a year, I wanted to have a decent amount of money to be able to do that. And so I just saved money, tried to look for good deals. Um, go on, I usually fly Southwest a lot, so I have their list. I know when they're going to be opening up the next group of dates that they're going to open up, so I can try to get their travel as cheaply as possible. Mm-hmm. But just looking for deals and mostly just trying to save I know it's hard, but just put a little bit away that you don't even realize or look at, and then all of a sudden it adds up. Where was the first trip after you had saved? Where was the first place that you went? Um, With my husband, you mean? It could be with your husband or even on your own. Like, where was that first trip for you um, after you saved up that money? Uh, I think we went to to Puerto Rico. Nice. That's a nice first trip. (laughs) Yeah, we went we went for our honeymoon, we went to Cancun for three or four days. But I think the first place that we really decided to go and save that money to go was to Puerto Rico. Now, 
you you said that you would start by also looking for deals and and things like that. All of this is intimidating for people. Now, even though I'm getting older myself, there are still people that are older than I am that really are unfamiliar with how to find deals on the Internet, unfamiliar with how to book travel. And that's another reason why they don't do this, because they're like, well, I, I don't know how to do all of that. I'll just stay home. Where do they start? Look at what you went through and think, well, where, what advice would you give them on where to start? Uh, if, they're, if they're knowledgeable, sorry, if they have Internet access and they're knowledgeable, I would suggest just um, looking around at, like, Travel Pulse is a good one. They have a lot of good deals I've seen. Um, Condoness is good. I like that. Um, TripAdvisor, they have a lot of good information. Most of the people who ask, how do we do it, and they want help, I usually just help them. <laughs> Try to look for what they're looking So I haven't actually really, because my sister, who's younger than me, she fights with the Internet and computers. So she, they spent their 25th anniversary, wedding anniversary in uh, Hawaii, mm-hmm. and she had me book her trip for her. <laughs> she, she didn't want to fight with it. So I actually had no people really ask me. I just, uh, I've helped them if they've asked questions. Oh, that's nice help, of you. Help them find stuff. You should, uh, and you're not even a travel agent, are you? No, I just love it. So I try and figure out what they want to do and try to book things around that. And they actually was working on a 30-year anniversary trip for but uh, for last year. They were wanting to go to, on a cruise somewhere, and so I was looking into river cruises. But then, of course, the pandemic hit, and they didn't, that didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, have you been able to travel like at all during this past year? Oh yeah, we've uh, we've done a lot more road trips, but we actually flew to Alaska, which was nice because nobody was there. Um, the cruises weren't going through, so we had the whole place almost to ourselves. There were some tours, but it was like when it was like winter during the summer. It was just a lot of locals. It was so nice and peaceful. Of course, some things were shut down, and we didn't get to do any of the boat tours or well-watching well tours that we had wanted to do, but it was very peaceful and very nice, and it was a unique exposure to Alaska during the summer when it was like winter. Wow. Um, <laughs> now, looking back, you know, 42 states, we obviously can't talk about all of them, but look yeah. back and think, what, what, give me like an example of what one of your favorite trips was. Oh my goodness! Um, we've had a great few trips to New York. Uh, we've been we we actually just got back from uh, Louisiana, and I really seem to enjoy or enjoy that uh, that city. It seems to just no matter where you are, who you are, what you are, how you look, everyone everyone fits in. Everyone's welcome. It's just a happy attitude out there and. We we enjoyed that one. I've also loved Twin Falls, Idaho, which is really weird because it's exact opposite of New York. <laughs> <laughs> but those are two. Um, I have a lot of friends in Phoenix, Arizona, so we've been there quite a few times. And but I do miss the ocean in California. I mean, it's really hard to pick a favorite because we've had so many wonderful trips. Hawaii stands out just because it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'd have to probably say some of our New York trips were probably some of the best. Now, you also traveled, we talked about, to 10 countries. 
was where was the well you know we talked a little bit about that but where where was some of your favorite trips in terms of traveling internationally Paris I love Paris Paris is still my favorite Germany we love the food in Germany I actually have uh, some German ancestors so mm-hmm. I have German blood so to speak so I loved all the food out there um I also really we really enjoyed uh, uh the Czech Republic was nice mm-hmm. uh, I really I really liked Italy, but we were only there one day. We were in Genoa. We just stayed overnight. But I think Paris Paris and Germany are probably my two favorites that we've been to. Now, as people get older, they have fears. We, you know, we talked about some of them and in, in traveling in the States. But now traveling internationally, what do you think some of the biggest fears are for people who are older? They haven't traveled yet. They have never traveled out of the country. What, what do you think that some of their biggest fears are? Maybe safety, not and maybe not being able to find things that they need, medication, maybe not knowing if they're going to be able to get something if they something happened to their, their medication or a prescription for their eyeglasses or their eyeglasses broke, being able to get around, not speaking the language, being older, maybe people will just dismiss them, not being able to just fit in. I actually always take, afraid of fearing their documents, I always make copies of mine and carry them, and I also scan them and send them to my email, so I also have them in an email. I actually always take two passport photos with me as well, just in case for some reason we had to get new passports and we didn't have to go running around trying to find a photographer to take two more shots. We already have our pictures. Nice. Yeah. Um, My husband lost his uh, ID on our honeymoon in Cancun, and uh, we learned a lot on our first couple trips. Yeah, you know, I can imagine, even though, uh, like, I was the same way where I am excited about traveling and was excited about getting on the road, but you learn something pretty much by, you know, every trip you take. You're like, okay, I'm going to do this better i'm going to this do this more efficiently i'm going to make sure i cover my butt this way you know did you find yourself like you know learning more as you went along and and do you really you know where where are you in that regard i learned that i don't need three back or three big bags to go for two weeks (laughs) we we have not besides when we've gone to hawaii because you have you know you need you know swimsuits and shorts and tank tops as well as some other dressy nicer clothes. Besides when we go to Hawaii and our snorkel gear and everything, we usually, even if we're gone for two weeks, we'll each carry one carry-on, a backpack, and a bag. Mm-hmm. And wow. we're fine. We try to book Airbnbs and have uh, uh, washer and dryers, or you know, at least washers most of the time that you only get the, the dryer the, or the drying rack. But um, as long as we have the washer, we're usually pretty good and We'll just wash our clothes and wear the same thing for two weeks. You don't need 15 outfits for two weeks. You know, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to put him on the spot right now, and he's sitting next to me, so I guarantee you're going to hear his voice in about (laughs) 10 seconds. But my husband, you would think women are bad. My husband is the worst. (laughs) He is the absolute (laughs) worst when it comes to packing. We would go to an overnight in Atlantic City. I live in upstate New York. We are only three hours away. And if we go for an overnight in Atlantic City, he he has two bags, two big bags. And I'm like, wait a second. I have my, like you said, my backpack. 
and a shirt for tomorrow, but that's about it. And he comes in with like the back seats all filled up and, and I need to teach him how to minimize his packing. That's what I need to do. So maybe you need to talk to Samantha. Right. And <laughs> yeah, I heard that expression. You always pack twice as much as you need and you spend twice as much as you think you will. Exactly, exactly. Now, you know, one of the things I did want to address, though, is that, you know, you talked about the fear, when we talked about fears of traveling and things like that, one of the things is that when, when somebody goes alone to another country, um, yeah. you know, the, it's hard for them to, to – they get scared. They, they feel alone. They feel yeah. like, you know, their safety is an issue. How do they overcome that? What's the best way to break through? Because I think once we break through that, they'll go and travel other places. So what advice do you have? Well, I, I've actually, I've never um, traveled internationally by myself yet. I've only traveled solo here in the U.S. Although while my husband and I had been gone, say in Germany, we did this. We both, we only had one day left that we wanted to, to one day left in Germany. And we both wanted to explore different things. And the same thing in Paris, we had different things we wanted to do one day. So we actually separated for the day and did our own thing. Um, it was different because I had somebody else there that I know if something happened, like he'd be missing me. Um, yeah, that's a hard, that's a hard question. I, ugh. but you did it. You obviously did it, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, my, my sister-in-law thought I was crazy because I had, I did my thing and I got back and I was doing laundry and I'm just sitting there and I was checking emails and we just started IMing and she goes, aren't you afraid? I'm like, of what? I'm like, it's a big city. I know the, you know, the metro. We were in Paris. I go, I know the metro. I know where to get off. I know where our flat is. I'm like, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. She thought that was the, the most horrible thing that I did. Or that she was like, like, wow, aren't you scared? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but that's awesome, and and you know I think that thinking it through and and knowing ahead of time what to have on you, what to make, making sure people somebody knows where you're going and when you're supposed to be back, and all those things yeah. are just really important. And I don't think that it should stop anybody from traveling. So, what inspiring words before we we talk about the next things? What inspiring words would you give to people? who maybe they're in their 50s or 60s or even their 70s and whether they want to travel the states or internationally, haven't done it yet. And, you know, what would you say to them? Just go do it. If you're worried about it, just make sure you email or have someone that you can talk to or email every day. Let them know where you're going, what you're doing, and let them know when you'll get back. And if not, there's also that STEP program that they can, you know, look into and find out, you know, let people know where you're going to be. That would be probably be my best my best advice is just let people know where you're going to be. Mm -hmm. If your plans change, just shoot a quick email. Yeah, it might take a few minutes, and it's not the glorious, you know, fun that you were going to have, but at least they know you're okay. Yeah, you know, I think after this past year, if you're sitting there thinking about, well, you know, maybe one day I'll get out and travel, if this past year doesn't inspire you to make that now, I don't really know what, what would because we've been stuck in the house for how long and, and, you know, a lot of people haven't even been able to take little trips. And when it's time to be able to do that, 
you know, get out there and do it, right? Yeah, I mean, I we haven't stopped. I mean, we it's we've had limitations of from because of rules in different states, but we've driven, we've taken a lot more road trips. But we're still doing it safe. We're still wearing our masks. We're not going out to huge parties. We're we're you know we're going out, and if you can eat in a restaurant, we're eating outside or you know away from other people. We're doing it safe, but we're we don't have to be stuck at home. Mm-hmm. We can go with two states over and have fun and still be out and explore, even if it's just a couple states over. Nice. Now, as I've mentioned to you before, this particular podcast focuses on film and TV travel. So where in your travels have you gone that are related to maybe your favorite TV shows or a movie that you enjoyed? Let's talk a little bit about those trips. Um, Well, I can tell you about our trip. We went to New Mexico and did a bunch of the sites from the uh, Breaking Bad the Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul uh, series. That's one of my favorite um, TV shows ever. Is it? <laughs> yes, it's so it's so good. It was one of the best written shows I have ever watched in all of my years of watching television. It was an incredibly well written show, really well. Yep. We also um, we were just at um, in Louisiana about a couple weeks ago, and we went to Mardi Gras World, which was uh, featured on. One of the race or the amazing race, one of the uh, episodes that they had to do a challenge there. That was pretty fun. Okay, let's talk about that because you mentioned that to me, and and I told you that I I am obsessed with the Amazing Race. Like I will not miss an episode, <laughs> and it it's funny because I kind of feel bad because even though these people are traveling the world, they're really not seeing very much because they're always on the run. You know, but I know. are you like me? Do you look behind them at all the scenery and all the things that they're doing and go, I'm going to go there one day? <laughs> Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, I do. I, I'm like, oh man. Like, in some of the places I've been, it's like, wow, they were there for five minutes. It looks like they didn't even get to see anything nice. You know, <laughs> like I was watching. I've been. <laughs> this is we've been quarantined, and they aren't having any more. It's just, you know, you can't really travel anywhere right now. So mm-hmm. I've been watching some of the old ones, and I've got a couple I haven't. And this one race, they were at the Grand Canyon, and I've been there, and but they were there for like ten minutes, and they're like walking slowly back to their car instead of running, they're like, take it in, take it in, you know, because who knows when we'll be back here. But they didn't really get time to enjoy it. Exactly. And people think that, you know, you watch that show and you think, oh, these people are so lucky. They get to see the world. It's like, no, they saw an inside of a clue box, and they maybe they got to do a few things like some of the activities of, of the culture or the land, but to really tour, they didn't. So it's, it's a little deceiving, but it's a fun, fun show to watch. And I remember that episode of the Mardi Gras and having them put those floats together, and that was crazy, but it was just so much fun at the same time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you mentioned Hawaii Five O to me off the air. So are you a big Hawaii Five O fan? Yeah, we were. We watched it every week. We loved it. It's so sad that it's over. Now, did but. you watch the old one or the re- reboot? My husband watched the all the old one. I just caught a few episodes here and there. It just it apparently it collided with something else, and we didn't have DVRs and you know DVDs then to be able to to watch them. I know that they're on um, Hulu, I think, now, so I'm probably going to go back and watch some of them. But mostly we just watched the new ones. And what did you get to see from that show? The um, Illawami Palace, I think is how you say it. Um, the 
Is there a place that you, you know, now that, like, we've been talking, like, is there a movie or a TV show that you think, oh, I would love to go where that was filmed or I would love to see that maybe, like, from the Game of Thrones or, you know, like, for me, I always mention Under the Tuscan Sun. I think I mention every episode. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. I would love to go to Tuscany and see that. Mm -hmm. Um, Just... I don't know of any films where anything was filmed in Venice, but I'd love to see Venice. <laughs> but actually, Under the Tuscan Sun would be a, a big one. It's really pretty. And from The uh, the Way, the movie The Way. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, you know, where they were going on the uh, that major walk. I can't remember what it was called, the Cabrillo something. At the very end, it was so beautiful, where the water was flying up on the waterfall or up on the rocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it Spain? That's beautiful. Um, are you talking about the Martin Sheen movie? Yes, the Martin Sheen movie. Oh, called okay, the Way. okay. Um, I can't remember where it ended, but the ending was so beautiful. Um, I will have to look that up. I've never seen that movie. Oh, really? No, yeah, it's it's it's, it's beautiful. Wow. It's kind of sad the whole premise of it, but it's it's really good. Nice. Uh, you gave me homework. I will definitely check that out. <laughs> So before I let you go, um, tell me what makes a great trip for you. <laughs> no airline delays. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, being able to experience a culture, talking to locals, um, trying to find out what makes what they enjoy about their city. Um, we always try to ask them, you know, locals say, hey, so where's a good place to eat? Or what's the thing we have to do that's off the beaten path, so to say, not, not the, you know, the typical, you know, like if we were in Rome, you know, go to the Colosseum, mm-hmm. you know, things that, we, of course you want to do things like that too, but we also try to do things that are, things that not everybody always does. Mm-hmm. And so if I can get to see something, if we, if we have a weekend and we get to see one what attraction say like Mardi Gras, but we also get to go walk along the riverfront or walk down Decatur Street and just experience it. That's just enjoyable for me, and that makes it a good, a good vacation or a good trip. Yeah, you it's know, it's funny because a lot of people tell me to travel through group tours, and I love the idea of a group tour, especially if I'm in an area that I don't know, but at the same time, not everything they do on these group tours I want to be a part of. I want to experience way that would en- I would enjoy it. And, like, you know, obviously film and TV is huge for me, so that connection is very important to any trip I go on. I will always look for a place that's related to either film or a TV show. And I think personalizing a trip for you, no matter what it is, if it's seeing every lake that when you're somewhere or walking on a particular trail wherever you go, I think it's important to that personalization. Otherwise, it's just a generic trip, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody can go to, you know, see, you know, I don't know, the Taj Mahal or something, but like, like the Amazing Race, they saw so many other things that were out there to do that, a lot of people would not even know of it. I hadn't known until I watched The Amazing Race or mm-hmm. watched something on a movie. You know, I mean, but like again, like Tuscany, you know, under the Tuscan sun, how many people get out into the area where she, you know, where she's setting up her house? Exactly. exactly. You know, I mean, yeah, they might go through the, you know, the main parts of the city, but she's outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's just nice. 
Yeah, exactly. I I agree with you. Um, you're, I, you know, it's funny. I could I could talk to you for for so long because you have so many places that you've gone to and places you've seen. And but I know you're busy, and you know I'm gonna let you go. But before I do, tell everybody where they can find your blog and your social media. Um, my blog is called or is it com and I am on all the other so all I'm on Pinterest. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all under Golden Age Traveling, except for Twitter is just Golden Age Travel. Nice. Well, yeah. I am so happy that you came on the show today, and I'm excited. Keep in touch with me. I'd love to maybe have you on the show down the road. We could talk about when you finally, when all this pandemic stuff's finally over. Where did you go? I would love to know more. Would you be willing to come back another time? Oh, I'd be glad to. Excellent. I enjoy talking to you, too. Well, thank you, Samantha. And you have a wonderful time, okay? Thank you very much. Well, I hope Samantha inspired you to finally live the traveling life you want, no matter how old you are. I would love to hear from you. Tell me what stopped you from traveling all these years and how you're now finally going to go after your goals. And what are those traveling goals? Where did you want to travel to? What's your dream vacation? Let me know. Thank you so much for listening to The Real Travels Podcast. Please follow me on Instagram at The Virgin Traveler. And if you have a minute, share or leave me a review on this podcast. Click on those cute little iTunes stars. Five would be wonderful. It would really help me out. Thanks. I'll see you next week.